Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the Brewed Up and Spit Out podcast. I am your host, as always, Justin Wojo Wojohowitz, along with my big meaty co-host, Scott Big Meaty Friction Stone. The big meat friction? Big meat. I don't know if I like that. That let's doesn't go sound back. good at all. Let's just go back to big friction. All right. Yeah, that sounds... There's a, there's <laughs> a double bad. entendre there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, let's uh, let's forget that last five, ten seconds to ever happened. I've got a gross mental image in my head, and I'm not a fan of it. So today, as previously teased last week, we will be doing a entire show dedicated to the upcoming NFL draft, which is two days from now, this being April 27th, 2021. My dog is very angry. Why are you so angry, dog? What are you pissed off about? Damn, she's just sl- slapping this shit out of that box. Look at that shit. I have no idea what she's doing. Very angry. Stop being angry. Come here. Come here. Very angry. All right, anyway, Scott, back on track. So um, after the debacle that was last week's beer tasting, we we quickly became not friends anymore. For Yes, for a, uh, a brief time, because you, for some reason, didn't seem to appreciate my beer choice. No, I did not. So you've mended the branch. You've, you've, you've mended... You, you put forward the olive branch towards me, and in a way of which only two big, meaty sports fans can do. We're using the word meaty. Wait. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's fine, though. But it's Sour Monkey Day. It's Sour Monkey Day. It's uh, Now, unlike usual, these are beers that we have had before. We've had Sour Monkeys before. Many a time. Many a time. And we enjoy them, but we never really broke it down before on the show, so we figured... Considering how much you hated the beer last week, we may as well go with something we know you like and at least give our impressions of it to the fans out there. And this is why you're the co-host of the Brewed Up and Spit Out podcast. For big brain moves like this, man. <laughs> this is some legendary shit. So, Scott, how uh, are you very prepared for this? Am I very prepared for are this? You, are you prepared at all for this? I have three sheets of paper that uh, list my feelings about this. Okay. So, I think that I'm moderately prepared. I uh, have decent ideas, whether they are mainstream ideas, that is quite the opposite thing, but we'll find out. I mean, I had, excuse me, I had three, no, not three, you had three pages of notes. I had about 20 pages, and I left them at my job, because, you know, budget cuts here at the Brewed Up and Spit Out podcast, I don't have a printer, so shout out to my job for letting me steal all that ink. It's all right, we're doing it live. But we're going to do it live. We're going to figure it out. So, sir, without ado, let's break it down to how we're going to do this. We're each going to give our picks. We're not going to alternate and, you know, one take one, one take the other. We're all going to give our picks for each pick. But I'm going to do it from the perspective of a super serious NFL GM who's looking to make his team better and win a championship in the next year or upcoming years. And you're going to do it as yourself. Yes, I'm going to do it as the casual NFL fan, not super die hard about the draft or anything like that. Just the outsider's perspective looking in, just vaguely knowing what teams need and the people available in the draft. And I want to put a disclaimer out there that um, the traditional way that teams draft, these days at least, is best player available. I kind of skewed a little bit more towards both that and combining that with need. Some, uh, some teams will entirely need-based. So. Yeah, some teams will take the best player available even if it's at a position of strength, which is understandable in some circumstances, but... You know, I took it upon myself to kind of do a little bit of both best player available while also filling a need that's obvious on paper. So, without further ado, let's get into the 2021 Brewed Up and Spit Out podcast NFL mock draft. Insert fancy music here. Do 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 do. 
That was my fancy music. I, 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 I don't have. It. I like it. I don't. I don't have any real music. It's okay. To play. We'll put it in in post. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not going to put it in in post. All right, sir. Would you like to lead us off? Sure. Uh, for the first pick, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I don't think there's any real question to this whatsoever. It's been known since the Jaguars knew they were going to be having the number one pick. Say that and again. The Jaguars. The Jaguars. Jaguars. There's no I in Jaguars. Look, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags. <laughs> the Jags, okay? They're going to pick Trevor Lawrence. This, I mean, it's the yeah. worst kept secret in the world. Is it even a, a worst kept secret? I feel like it's been, I mean, he's already getting donations from Jacksonville fans to his wedding registry, so... Yeah, my man's going there. I mean, I mean, I I could introduce my first pick off fancy like you did, but yeah, no, that's that's going to be the first pick. Trevor Lawrence has been the first pick since he was a sophomore in college, probably a freshman in college this year. Like he's he's the first pick. He's going to go to Jacksonville. Whether or not he'll be a successful NFL quarterback, I think it's up to interpretation. I'm pretty high on him. A lot of uh, scouts and everyone, of course, they love him. There's a reason he's like a unanimous overall first pick. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yes, like so I hope he, he he can if his career pans out the way he should. You're looking at a future Hall of Famer, which it's very early to say that. Yeah, but I but mean, if you if you look at the potential there, the trajectory that he should be on, he should be a, a you know an All Pro quarterback for years to come. So that was a hella undramatic as a first overall pick. So let's see what you think for number two. Who's your second overall pick? Uh, number two, Jets are addressing a need, especially since they traded Sam Darnold. They're going to be getting Zach Wilson. Okay. That is my firm belief. Uh, he has really come on in the offseason. Justin Fields used to be the unanimous number two pick, like best quarterback in the thing. But since then, Zach Wilson has really impressed a lot of people. The way more people have looked at him. So I can see the Jets drafting Zach Wilson number two. This is also a terribly kept secret. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Jets basically came out and said without saying it that they were taking Zach Wilson. We all knew they were taking a quarterback. It was possible they were taking Justin Fields for a while, but it all all signs point towards Zach Wilson. I didn't realize this, but upon looking at them both, I didn't realize that Trevor Lawrence is four inches taller than Zach Wilson. I didn't realize Trevor Lawrence was six six and two thirteen. He's I mean, a he's a big man. He's a he's a prototype quarterback build man. Big, white, and strong armed man. That's true. That's what I'm. You know, John Elway's very jealous that he's not picking number one. He loves those big <laughs> he white. He does love those big white big guys. white quarterbacks. So I'm, maybe John Elway will get a chance to take a big white quarterback. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? So number two, I also you know I don't think I said it officially, but yeah, Zach Wilson will be the number two pick in the NFL draft. Number three is the first pick where it actually starts to get a little bit interesting. It, it diverges a little bit. There are two schools of thought here, and I feel like. San Francisco is going to go with Trey Lance. Oh, okay. So our first disagreement. I think they're going to go with Trey Lance. He's a great dual threat quarterback. A lot of people are comparing him to Lamar Jackson's skill set. Okay. So that would be a fantastic player for San Francisco. And I think he has more potential than Mac Jones. So So listen, let me break this down for you. I agree with you. I think that Trey Lance, in the way it all schemes together, it's perfect. Trey Lance is not going to be ready to play this year. San Fran has Jimmy Garoppolo. Whether you love or hate Jimmy Garoppolo, he's a better quarterback than in the other situations where uh, these quarterbacks are going to get drafted to. He can at least play football at a decent enough level. He got him to a Super Bowl as their starting quarterback. So that fit would be perfect. He would sit behind Garoppolo for a year or two, learn the offense, develop, and then he would start. But unless this is all a massive smokescreen, which it could be, but why even do it? I think 
the 49ers are going to take Mac Jones, which I think is actually the reach of the draft. Somebody posted on my Facebook page the other day that um, he wins the Christian Ponder Award for the the most <laughs> the, the quarterback that was highest reach. So I think for sure, I think Mac Jones is going to go number three to the 49ers, but I don't necessarily love it. Like I stated in the beginning, this is what I think teams will do, not exactly what I would personally do. I love the pick of Trey Lance at three from a prototype, you know, let him sit and learn. But I think Mac Jones, Mac Jones is a safer pick because he kind of is what he is already. I feel like he's he could get better, but I don't think he's going to get that much better than what he is now. So he's a safe pick, but safe picks don't usually win championships, man. You got to go That's for true. it. That's true. You got to go for it. So my third pick for the 49ers is Trey Lance. Or Trey Lance. Mac Jones, sorry. <laughs> oh, you, I thought you could. You got you. my pick. My pick is Trey Lance. The super educated GM pick that I'm is representing Mac is Mac Jones. Okay. All right then. I guess we'll move on to number 4 then, the Atlanta Falcons. This is where this is where the entire draft could absolutely be flipped on its head. Now the Falcons could trade back here, which I could easily see. Which I could easily see. But the thing is, who would trade up? The Patriots. Patriots probably. But but I'm going to address that later. Okay. Stay well, tuned. I don't. That's I don't have the pay. I don't like. I do not have the Falcons trading this pick. I have them taking Kyle Pitts, tight end. He's six foot six, two hundred forty six pounds. Ran a four four. Got the fucking he freak is of nature. A freak of nature. You're talking like Gronkowski levels of tight end here. Like he produced seven hundred and seventy yards and twelve touchdowns. He was out three games with a concussion. He was averaging seventeen point nine yards per catch. Like that's insane numbers right there. It's the same productivity for a tight end. So Kyle Pitts going number four. So this is. I agree with you hundred percent. I have Pitts going four unless. The Falcons trade this pick. Kyle Pitts is has all the tools to be the next best tight end, you know, in the league. Just the the comparison that I've read is imagine Darren Waller, but he's can he can block. The knock on Darren Waller is he's great in the pass yeah. game, but he doesn't he's not a, not one to get dirty in the run game. This guy will block. This guy will run routes like a receiver. He'll you know beat smaller guys with his size. He'll beat bigger guys with his quickness. Man, he's like a, a matchup nightmare. So. Having this guy at number four available, really you get to pick number two overall because I don't think either Zach Wilson or Trey Lance slash Mac Jones is worthy of a two or three pick, but it's the, you know, you need a quarterback. It's your needs. You just, the, those teams need a quarterback. You reach for quarterbacks. It just, it's the name of the game. But Kyle Pitts might be the best player in this draft that's not a quarterback. And to get him at four is a steal, I think, for the Falcons. Unless they get a King's Ransom from the Patriots or another team, you keep this pick, and you you pick Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. at four. So that's my pick. I'm picking Kyle Pitts. All right. Uh, on to number five, then, which is my Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, shit. I think they are going to take Panay Sewell, offensive tackle. Okay. Uh, they desperately need to protect Joe Burrow. They do. The man died last year. The man did die. <laughs> Physically died. He, he literally, I saw his soul leave his body. He did. Uh, when Sewell was on the field in 2019, uh Against 472 pass blocks, he allowed zero sacks. He's a great tackle. Great He's tackle. the best tackle in the class. Absolutely. So that would definitely bolster what the Bengals need right now. They need have a lot of needs. They need receivers and stuff like that. But keeping Joe Burrow healthy is their number one priority. So I see Sewell going number five. The Bengals are in a unique situation that teams don't often find themselves in, especially if the Falcons trade their pick. They are going to get basically the number one overall pick at pick number five, which is wild. And even then, they're in a great spot. Even if Pitts goes off the board at four, they're in a great spot because I I deliberated on this so much between Sewell and Chase, right? 
I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna call you out. I'm assuming Chase is going next because you know these are the obvious five and six guys. It just depends where you rank right. them. So, I, f- for for no other reason than the optics alone, I feel like getting Sewell at five, especially after your offensive line caused your franchise quarterback to get yes murdered last year. It was hard to watch. It made me very very sad. Sewell, and I have enough reasons to be sad. Sewell would address an immediate need. He can come in and play day one. Getting Jamar Chase is a super attractive option, and I think that you could easily make the case that Jamar Chase as the wide receiver you take and maybe an offensive tackle in round two is substantially better than Sewell here and whoever the receiver is in round two. But I think in my heart of hearts that due to the way that last season ended for the Bengals with Joe Burrow getting hurt like that, I think that they'll go Sewell here. And I think, yeah, number five will be Penny Sewell out of Oregon. Yeah, that's what I feel too. Uh, You saw how much they relied on Joe Burrow last year. He was dropping back to pass 60, 70 times a game. When you have that kind of need for the pass game, you need to be able to protect your quarterback. So I definitely see that. All right, number six, moving on, as you alluded to, for the Dolphins, I have Jamar Chase. This is a steal. It's a steal. This This is the best possible scenario for the Dolphins. They trade number three, they get back to number six from the Eagles, and they probably get the guy that they were going to get all along and add draft capital. It, they it's brilliant. Big brain moves with it's, the offseason. It's perfect. The Dolphins are a dark horse team to watch going forward for years. If two, if two is any good. If two is any good, this team is going to be a problem, a big problem in the NFL. Absolutely. So I'm assuming that you have Chase as number six as well. This is a no-brainer. It's something that we don't even really need to talk about, I think. Chase is the only receiver in this class that can be considered of like the big physical like jump jump ball go get it mold. He's a great receiver, and to get him at six is is a fantastic move for the Dolphins after adding draft capital in in a trade. So I think it's a no brainer. You know, no one could argue. I think the point that he's the number six pick here. Right. All right. So number seven for the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions. I have Devonta Smith. I don't hate it. I have Devonta Smith. They need weapons there. Heisman Award winning uh, receiver. Played really well for Alabama. I think he could be something there. And the Lions definitely need. Getting rid of Galladay and pretty much all their other weapons, they need a receiver there. I have no beef with this. But I have the other Alabama wide receiver going here. I have Jalen Waddle going here. I think that Devonta Smith is being overly criticized due to his size. Um, you know, he's, albeit he is a small receiver. His height's not bad, but he's only, I think he weighed in at what, 155 mm-hmm. or 65 pounds, one of the two. He's small. He's small for a wide receiver in the NFL. He's going to get hit hard. Can he add muscle? Can he add size? Sure. He might not even need to. He's never had injury problems before being that size at Alabama playing against the SEC. So I'm not overly worried about it, but I think this is something that NFL teams will be legitimately concerned about, and Jalen Waddle will go here instead of Smith. But I could easily see it going the other way. But I'm taking Jalen Waddle at seven. Okay. Uh, number eight, moving on to the Carolina Panthers. I have Patrick Sertain, the second. I don't hate this pick either. He's a shutdown quarter, SEC defensive player of the year. The Panthers are were so close last year to being something good. Their defense really let them down. So they, adding a corner like that bolsters that team immensely. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that 100%. I have, this is where I have my only trade of the draft. And if this trade doesn't happen, I do agree with you. They'll probably take one of the cornerbacks, Sertain or J.C. Horn. 
but I have this trade happening. I don't have the, the, the go back because I have no idea what they're going to ask for. And at the end of the day, after the first round picks and, and for our little scenario here, it doesn't really matter. But I have the Patriots jumping up to eight. Carolina seems like the only team that might be willing to trade for or back, excuse me, to, to get rid of the, a quarterback spot. And New England obviously needs a quarterback of the future. So I think this, these trade partners make sense. Carolina might want to see what they have in Darnold. They have a chance to add strong talent and draft capital later in the draft. So I think New England jumps up here and they grab Justin Fields. And the other thing to really consider too is the Broncos pick right behind them. So if if one of New England's if New England's quarterback is still on the board, they need to get in front of Denver because Denver's going quarterback. So I have New England taking Justin Fields. Maybe they like Trey Lance better. But um, I have them taking Fields. Maybe they switch and Lance goes here. Fields goes to uh, Denver. But that's what I have. I have Fields to New England in a trade with Carolina at eight. Okay. Well, like you, I see Carolina sticking with Sam Darnold and seeing what they can do here, which is why I didn't have them taking a quarterback. So because of that, I had the Denver Broncos getting Mac Jones. Okay. Uh, he's a solid quarterback. He's a white quarterback. He's a white quarterback. John Elway loves Al- white quarterbacks. Alabama runs a pro-style offense. He's going to be ready to go the day he starts. Like Mac Jones is just a solid pick. Yeah. So I think that pick is is super smart, but I don't think he gets there. That's the only issue. If he's there, I think he's slam dunk. I think the Broncos will take him over any of the other quarterbacks, but I don't think he gets there because I, I think unless the 49ers are playing like 3D chess for no reason against themselves – I think they're taking somebody other. They're taking Mac Jones, but who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Um, so, like I previously alluded to, I have Trey Lance going to the Broncos, but I think it's more of which quarterback is available and less of who it is. If the New England Patriots do what I think they might do and trade up to eight, whoever they don't take, Denver will have to take. So, I have Trey Lance here, but it could right. easily be somebody else. Okay. So, then at number 10, we have the Dallas Cowboys. They're not going quarterback. They're not going quarterback. They just paid their quarterback a lot of money. They just paid their quarterback a lot of money. Their needs are on the defensive side of the ball. Very much so. So I have them taking J.C. Horn. Makes sense. I think it's a solid move for them to shore up the corner position, the quarterback position. It's They need something. <laughs> they gave up so many points and yards last year. It was atrocious. So I think J.C. Horn definitely fills a need for them, and I think he's the one they take. So I agree with the cornerback pick. The only difference is in my draft, I don't have Sertain off the board yet, who I think is the best cornerback in the draft. Mm-hmm. So I have Sertain going to the Cowboys. The Cowboys, I think, will go cornerback no matter what. It just depends which cornerback is available at the moment. So Sertain is the best in my opinion, so he is the one who goes here to the Cowboys at 10. All right. So at 11, the Giants. What are we going to do? Are we going to fuck it up? I'm sure Probably. we will. I have you guys taking Rashawn Slater. You're a good man. <laughs> You're they, a good man. They definitely need O line help. They do, and desperately. They they haven't were not able to run the ball last year at all. Like it was terrible. Once freaking Barkley got hurt, and even when he was in the game, he, he wasn't, wasn't great. great. No, they mm. need offensive line help bad, and Rashawn Slater's a good answer to that. So that's my pick for them. I agree with you. We're on the same page here. I think if Slater gets to them at twelve, they'd be very happy with that. And I think they will take. Is it eleven or twelve? What pick? It's are eleven we on eleven. Sorry. If he gets to 11, I think the Giants will be happy. I think he's the only other first-round tackle that projects to be a left tackle. The problem is, apparently, he's got short arms. So, But the Giants had a lot of success a couple years ago 
when they drafted Justin Pugh out of Syracuse, mm-hmm. he was heavily criticized for having little baby arms, but he was fine. He was great for them, and then he went to the Cardinals and got paid, so clearly he was doing something right. So I don't have a problem with it. I hate that whole, you know, you have to have the prototype body. Like, you know what the prototype body? Eric Flowers, and he was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, you get guys who can play football. At some point, you'd stop looking at how long their arms are and how big their hands are and how wide their feet are. You just fucking, can you play football? Yes, you can play football. You played for Northwestern against the, you know, in the Big Ten against top competition. You can play football. Yeah. So the Giants need offensive line help. The fit is perfect here. So I think if he's there at 11, they can't possibly let him go. All right. So then moving on to number 12 on my board for the Eagles. The Eagles. I have Jalen Waddell. I think if he's still available at that point, they absolutely take him. Yeah, I agree with that. He's been compared to Tyreek Hill as far as his speed goes, which is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. And they have a serious lack of weapons on the Eagles. They have the receivers were all no names last year. So this definitely is something that I can see them doing, and I would definitely do it if I were them. So, But the Eagles have a tendency to fuck up their draft picks. So All knows? the time. Who so knows? here's my issue with that. I like the pick. I like the I like the fit. But the problem is, I think that, as stupid as it sounds, I think the Eagles will not give in to the internal pressure of the fans clamoring for another receiver. They've picked a receiver in the first round of their draft, you know, last year, and then they filled with Arthega Whiteside two years ago in the second or third round. They've gone receiver a lot recently. They haven't worked out, but how how many times can you keep going to the well of receiver in the first round before you have to do something different? Well, I think the problem is it's not that they keep going to receiver. It's the receivers that they keep going oh, no. to. They're terrible. They, they've... they've because they're in both scenarios, there were guys still on the board that are much better. They've completely dis- like they've whiffed. They've whiffed every time. Every time. But I think that's why they go something safer here, and I think that's why. And my J.C. Horn is still on the board for me, and I think J.C. Horn will be a solid press corner in the NFL. And I think that the Eagles have just as big a need at cornerback as they do at wide receiver. It's not going to be the flashy pick. People might not love it. But I think that it's something that they need to address, and I think they have a good opportunity to get a good player here at number 12 with J.C. Horn. So he's my pick. Okay. I can I can get behind that. Uh, number 13 belongs to the Chargers, and I'm going with Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay, my man. I love me some Quiddy Pay. For no other reason, he's got a great name. He's got a great name, uh, great edge rusher combined with Bosa. That would cause some real havoc over there in San Diego. Yes, it would. So I can I say Quiddy Pay is a great fit for them. I don't mind that pick, but I do have Quiddy Pay a little bit further down my board. The problem with edge rushers is they're just like quarterbacks. You reach for edge rushers. My pick for the Chargers isn't a sexy pick. No one's gonna look at it and be like, "Man, that's 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 a great pick." But how about Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard from USC, just a big bruiser, six five, three hundred and eight pounds. He's got everything you need at a guard. He's a big road grader. As a run blocker, his you know his pass blocking could use a little work, but I think that he's got all the potential to be a great guard in the NFL. He's also a guard that can play tackle. He can play tackle, which is super necessary in today's game with injuries and just having versatile people on your team. And I just think that he's a guy that you could slide in there. You want to protect Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is the future of your team, so why not surround him with people like this to you know, defend him no, on course. an every down basis. I, so I think that's that's my pick. Low under the radar, 
super talented guy who might be one of the better picks of this draft by the end of it, I think. All right, then. Then moving on to number 14, which is the Minnesota Vikings, I have Elijah Vera Tucker. There you go. See? We're, <laughs> we're, we're right there. We're right there. It helps their interior line, They one of their major needs. I think they'd love to get him. I just don't think yeah. he'll get there. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have anything else to say? No, no, no. Well, I mean, I'm you, sorry. You, you said pretty much everything about that was the rude. when you were talking. That was very rude of me. So I, I'm interested in hearing what your pick for the, for the Vikings is. So I think this is where Mika Parsons' uh, slide stops. You know, the Vikings, their offense is very, very good. Very talented. Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, love him or hate him, he's a decent NFL quarterback. Adam Thielen, you know, they could definitely use a lineman on the offensive side. But the problem is, after Vera Tucker, I don't think there's anybody worth picking here at 14 on the offensive line. So you go best available. And I think the best available that also fills a need for them would be Mika Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. Off the field issues... You never know how that's going to turn mm-hmm. out. It could be something they completely shake and turn around when they get to the next level, but it could be something that completely derails their career. So you never know. It's Is it worth the risk? I think he's very worth the risk, at least from a talent standpoint. Okay. <clears throat> well, in my draft, I have number 15 as the Patriots. Okay. Because they didn't trade up in okay. mine. Because they didn't have to. Because at 15, they take Justin Fields, who's still on the board by then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean... The thing is, he might he might get there anyway. But that's the, we've already talked about it. Quarterbacks are gold in this league, and is is it worth risking a third or fourth round pick and a, maybe another first round? In pick my mind, I'm trying to look at the teams aside from the Patriots that would take a quarterback in the first round. And the only one that you could really th- think of that ha- like on my board that didn't would maybe be the Panthers if you think they're not interested in Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is the counterpoint to that is while it didn't happen in my draft because of the way I laid it out. Once you get past really like the top 10, like I could easily see a team like Minnesota or even like LA trading down to another team like maybe the Bears. That's the Bears have clearly shown that they're willing to give up massive draft capital for quarterbacks. So maybe, or even maybe like a a dark horse team like the Washington football team to move from 19 to say 14 or 13 in front of the Patriots, it wouldn't take that much draft capital, I don't think. You know, you obviously would have to give up your first round pick this year and maybe a third round pick this year and like a, another second like next year. Like it wouldn't take that much. And if the Patriots are very worried about their quarterback getting taken early, I think you have to move up. But this would be a dream scenario for them. They get their man and they wouldn't have that, to trade up for it. And that's the way I see it. So if this doesn't happen and Carolina does drop back in the draft and take this, there's one name you probably realize I haven't said yet. If... Carolina was able to move back to 15 and pick up Devontae Smith at 15. After all the talk about how small he is, you know, basically being sabotaged by these pundits like, you know, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, mm-hmm. guys like that. Could you imagine being Carolina, dropping back seven slots, still getting a top receiver to go with Robbie Anderson, guys like that, and you pick up future assets? That's that's the perfect scenario for them. I couldn't see a better a better way for that working out for them. Whether he'll be there at 15, you had him going off the board at 7. Yeah. So clearly, there's a very wide there's margin. There's a wide berth there that could there be is. anything. I really think that Devontae Smith will be the steal of the draft because I think he's going to fall a little bit because of his size. And I think that wherever he stops, as long as it's in like the top 15, 16, 17, whoever gets him at 15, 16, 17 is going to get an absolute steal of a receiver because I love Devontae Smith. All right. Then that brings us to number 16, which is the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. 
And I have Greg Newsom the second. Why Greg Newsom the second? He was dominant for Northwestern as a lockdown corner. He was great. And it would be a great asset for the Cardinals to have. Their offense on their offensive side of the ball is pretty well taken care of. So they need to address needs on their defense, in my point of view, at least. So I see Newsom going there. I like it. And I also have a cornerback going there. But I don't have Newsom. I have further down the board for some people. But I think that this is another guy who's being hurt because of his his actual hurtness, his, him being injured all the time, is Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech. Some people have them towards the end of the first round. But I think from a talent standpoint, he might actually be the second best cornerback in this draft. I think he's just slightly ahead of J.C. Horn, but J.C. Horn has proven to be a more effective um, at staying on the field for long periods of time. Farley's raw, but he has the the athletic attributes that you would expect mm-hmm. somebody as a lockdown NFL cornerback to have. So I think that this will be where he goes. Some people might consider this a reach, and it might be a reach at the end of you know by the end of this when we see. But Arizona desperately needs a quarterback, cornerback, excuse me, to replace Patrick Peterson. Mm-hmm, and I think Caleb Farley's that guy, but I don't mind that pick. I don't mind your pick either. I think they go cornerback either way here. All right. That moves me on to the Miami, the Miami, oh, sorry, the Miami. Raiders. The, the Raiders. Miami. I, I skipped the Raiders at 17. That's all right. I have Christian Derrishaw. Look at this. We're, <laughs> we're, we're collabing, man. I love it. I love it. He didn't allow a single sack or hit last year and only six quarterback pressures albeit weaker competition weaker competition but he's still a dominant tackle i like him i like him as a right tackle i don't think he profiles great as a left tackle i even think that he could possibly be like a really good guard he's very big for a tackle he's six five he's three 322 which is heavy but i mean you need that that girth to be in the nfl but i think he profiles more as a right tackle but he, he could be an all pro guard We've seen it happen before where guys who just didn't have the quickness, the feet quickness to be tackled, move into guard. But I like the pick. They need offensive line help desperately. So um, Darisol is a good pick there. I like that a lot. Is that your pick for that, seven? That's my pick. Okay, too. nice, nice. So for the now onto the Miami Dolphins. The Miami. Miami. I can't say Miami. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I think I'm having a stroke. Are you having a stroke? I might is it be. the monkeys? It might be the monkeys. Oh, yeah, I forgot. We were supposed to pause halfway through to talk about the monkeys. They're delicious. Well, we just got done 17 out of 30. Let's get to 20. Little, let's get to 20. Let's get to 20. Why not? Let's just do Monkeys it. are delicious. Monkeys that's are your, delicious. That's your commentary. <laughs> you don't, yeah, you don't need to know much other than that. So at number 18, Miami Dolphins. Micah Parsons. We got Parsons going at to the Dolphins. If he's still there? If he's still there. 100%. Because Love they it. just got rid of Van Noy. They need help there. So, Love it. I have Parsons going. I have there. no issue with that pick. That's just under the assumption that he's still, he's still there. there. Yeah. If he's there, they have to take him. I have my man Quiddy Pay. Okay. Quiddy Pay, man. He is apparently on this man Bruce Feldman. He's got a freak list. Apparently, he's number one on his freak list. I don't know if that's like a sexual thing or... <laughs> I hope not. But Quiddy Pay's either very, very freaky... Or he's just an athletic freak, and I think it's number two. He's just he's got you know everything you expect in a defensive end. He's got the long arms. He's got the quick feet. He can beat you with strength. He can beat you with speed. He does it all. But I don't think he deserves to go as high as you have him going because I think that's just the way. Like like I said before, you reach for pass rushers. So I think he fits perfectly here. I think Miami would be super happy to get him. Considering this is the second pick that they're getting in this draft, and they're addressing a major need with a yes. with a wide receiver in the first pick, you get the you know even if this guy doesn't turn out to be as great as you think he might be, I think that he's going to be a solid contributor to the Dolphins on their defensive end. 
Okay. Then moving on to number 19, the Washington football team. The football team. I have Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Hey, J-O-K. Yo, we just keep collabing. <laughs> Tell me about this man. You're a Notre Dame fan. He is. He's a versatile hybrid linebacker. He's a Notre Dame fan, yes. I said well, you're I mean, a Notre Dame fan. Oh, well, I, yes, I am. But I'm saying he's a versatile hybrid linebacker. He won the Buckus Award for the top linebacker in the country. He's just a dominant force. He recorded 62 tackles, one and a half sacks, one interceptions, and three pass breakups and 12 starts last year. He is what people look for now as um, that hybrid. Like you said, a hybrid. He can play linebacker. He can play the safety. He can play the nickel. He does a little bit of everything. Guys like that are so valuable today. Just having guys that you can plug and play anywhere. Like Mika Parsons, in my opinion, has fallen in a lot of people's drafts because he's that prototype middle linebacker he might be one of the top three linebackers in the league in the next couple years but he is a prototype linebacker which is one it's like a running back now you can get like the best running back look at Edwards Hilaire last year he went at the end of the first round because no one values running Mm -hmm. backs anymore it's just the way of the beast no one values linebackers anymore unless you're a guy like this who can do a little bit of everything um so I think he fits in really well here I like to pick a lot all right then then moving on for me, the Chicago- and we don't. Before I cut you off, Washington needs to stop making their fucking defense better, man. <laughs> their defense is gross already. Don't That's go true. defense. Pick somebody bad. <laughs> uh, we'll send this tape to them, I guess, and they can consider it. They won't listen. Uh, you never know. Yeah. So number twenty, we have the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears. You're I- fucking. You're your number one team. You love them. You're right. So they don't need to address their quarterback situation Oof. in this draft. So they're getting Rashad Bateman. At wide receiver. Now that's a reach. They desperately need weapons. That's somewhere. a reach, sir. They desperately need weapons somewhere. That's a reach, sir. I don't like it. You know what they also need, Scott? They need offensive linemen. And you know who they're going to pick here? They're going to pick Landon Dickerson. Okay. The center slash guard from the University of Alabama. Six foot six, 333 pounds. You just love to see it. Big country <laughs> Big strong. Big, Big country strong boys. I love it. Good footwork. You know, Gets a second level effectively. So it's where they're going to play him, center or guard. I don't think it matters because I think he's going to be a very safe NFL pick. I think he's going to be a very good player. Maybe he can be an all pro. If not, he's going to be a very solid NFL starter on the offensive line. These are the kind of picks that you make to win football games. They're not sexy. Your 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 fans in the stands aren't going to cheer because it's a center or a guard. But you know when you host a Lombardi trophy, you know who's one of the key players? Center is one of the most important positions on the field. Andy Dalton needs someone to throw to. Andy Dalton. Andy think, Dalton needs someone to throw to. It doesn't matter because it's Andy <laughs> Dalton. What are you? That is disrespectful. The Bears are also, like I had previously stated, my wild card team to trade up for a quarterback. I think they might be willing to mortgage the fucking house to trade up for somebody. I mean, didn't they learn the lesson with Mitch Trubisky? But <laughs> Oof. we won't go there. We won't go there. R.I.P. All right. So R.I.P. We're twenty picks in. We're 20 picks And in. we're a decent way through this beer. I'm almost done. I'm actually basically done. As am I, because this is delicious. Uh, Sour Monkey from Victory Brewing is one of the few pleasures that I have left in life. So, Besides this podcast. Besides this podcast. It is just, to me, it is the essence of what a sour should be. Uh, I just love it so much. And it hits hard. And it hits hard. It's a 9.5%. It makes you feel its presence. Yeah, it, it makes itself known. It addresses you when it enters the room. It enters the room, it slaps you around, and makes you know, lets you know who the 
biggest, baddest motherfucker in here is. Exactly. That's a sour monkey. It's a sour monkey. It's delicious. It's delicious. We're going to get to it at the end. We'll come back to you we'll later, come back sour to monkey. It. So All let's right. get back to this draft. Back Who to we the got? draft. Who is it? It's the Colts. It's 21. the Colts at number 21. I have, and I forgive me for per- mispronouncing this last name it, probably. It, it, oh, I think it's the same guy. I don't know. It probably is. Is it a man from Georgia? I don't know, actually. <laughs> Does his first name start with an A? No. Okay, then never mind. All right. This is Gregory Rousseau. 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 Sorry. I'm a, I'm a heathen. I think that might be a little bit of a reach, he's, but you're on the right track. He's one of the top pass rushing prospects in the draft. And the Colts have like they had forty sacks last year. DeForest Buckner, yes. me some DeForest half Buckner. half the team's sacks have left because the players have left the team. They desperately need someone who can pass rush. I agree with you hundred percent. Which is why they're taking Aziz Ojolari, an edge rusher from Georgia. He is being compared to a younger version of Yannick Ngakwe. If he turns out to be the kind of player that Yannick Ngakwe is, then they're on the right track here. But I, I like your pick. I just think it's uh, it's the right position. I just think it's the wrong guy. He's got the spirit. <laughs> yeah, you got the spirit. You got the spirit. I think that either way, I think they it's a position they need to address desperately, as you've stated. Um, it just depends who they like better in the situation. I think they might like Ojolari better, but maybe Russo's the guy. So I have no complaints. I have no arguments against your pick. Okay. All right, then. That brings us to number 22, which is the Tennessee Titans. I have them taking Caleb Farley. There you go. You know what's funny? I have them taking Greg Newsom. <laughs> so we're just we're, we're just, just swapping. We're just swapping. We're just swapping. <laughs> I think that I think that Newsom is a solid player. And I think that he will be just a very solid NFL player, but I think that he's got a limited ceiling. I think he's always going to be a number 2, a strong number 3, and I think he's just he is what he is. But he's going to be a very productive player. Um I cut you off. So I'm going to let you talk about Caleb Farley. Well, as you mentioned before, Caleb Farley is work in progress. He's got the potential there, and I think uh, the Titans will be very pleasantly surprised with him if he stay if he's there on the board. We'll see how far he drops, but I I think he'll be there, and I think the Titans will have him. Yeah, I, you know, I've noticed the the common trend in this draft is that we think the people same. Are, yeah. It's just the people. Yes, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we need to figure out a way to. Well, I don't know if we did. We state that we were going to do a little something where. Whoever had more picks right was going to either win something, or whoever has more wrong is going to. I think we somehow... had that, we had that idea, but we haven't like uh, honed in on what the specifics are. Yet. We want to hear from people at home. Yeah, come up with something. Uh, what what should with a, with a punishment or a reward? Yeah, for the winner and the loser, just so we could uh, actually either... have some of this mean something. Yeah, either or, we're fine with either or because because we actually have this on paper now. So unlike our NFL picks, we'll be able to to recall what we actually said. And like I said, it almost sounds like we're taking the same the same positions, just different people. So one of us is going to be real butthurt when. They were mostly right. They just had the wrong name written on the paper. But let's move to the Jets with the 23rd pick. Okay, for the Jets, I have Jason Oway. Jason Oway? Yeah. Okay. Edge rusher. He's got a lot of raw talent, but he's rough around the edges. He's great for a young rebuilding team. I, I think if they hone in on him, and not saying the Jets coaching staff is really good at developing talent. But, but they've got but they've got uh, Robert Sala in there now, man. Yeah. He's big, bald, and beautiful. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I think that's a good pick for them. They need edge rushing. I also have an edge rusher going here. <laughs> but I have Jalen Phillips from the University of Miami, okay. Florida. So pretty much the same thing. He's um, they, they quantify him as a Ryan Kerrigan type player, maybe less athletically skilled. Like you've you've likened your pick to like a prototype 
He's got all the athletic talent, mm-hmm. but he might not be as as refined. This guy is somebody who's going to give you 115% every time he's on the field. Like Ryan Kerrigan just might not be the the strongest, might not be the fastest, but you're going to you're not going to outwork him. So I think that kind of um, mentality will do him well, and that's why I think he's going to go to the Jets. They're going to try to rebuild that culture. Okay. You know, char- high character, high energy guys. All right. So then moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have Najee Harris. They need a running back. They do. James Conner's no longer on the team. Benny Snell's not the answer. Benny Snell's trash. <laughs> Benny Snell's not the answer. I think they're a pretty well-rounded team as it is, and I think running back is probably one of their deepest needs. And Najee Harris is a very solid running back. So I think they go running back here and get Najee Harris. I don't mind that pick, but I do think that, what previously stated, you can get a solid running back in the second round. If you really like Najee Harris, I think he might be available in the second round. And you might have to trade up to get him, but I do think he might be there in the second round. I have them taking Tevin Jenkins with this pick, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma State. Another one of those guys, good size, 6'6", 317 pounds. A lot of people liken him to uh, Cam Robinson. Another guy who they're not sure if he's going to be a tackle in the NFL or a guard. If he does play tackle, it's probably going to be right tackle. He's probably not going to be a left tackle. But... If you can get a, a tackle here in this situation, the Steelers, I'm pretty sure Villanueva is going to go to to Baltimore. He's already been there. He's he's you know, he's met. He just can't sign until the the um I guess the the new season is after the draft, so they don't have to give up a com- compensatory pick for him. So, you know, they have that need. They're also lost Matt Filer, who was another one of the starting tackles. So, I think that this is a good need for them, and I think he can slot right in on day one and play okay then moving on from that we are on the number 25 which is the jaguars again the jaguars the jaguars the jags just say jags the jags you're embarrassing yourself (laughs) i have them taking walker little offensive tackle who walker little you know i don't even know who that is i gotta say I'm pretty well versed, but I don't know who Walker you should, Little is. You should know who Walker Little is. Who's Walker Little? Break he, it down for me. So he hasn't played since 2019, but he hasn't played since 2019. Yes. <laughs> it's 2021. I understand. <laughs> what the hell? He was a top. He was a five star prospect. He was one of the people on everyone's boards back in the day. The thing is, he opted out, but. He showed significant improvement from 2018 to 2019, and a lot of people think that the improvement has continued. We just haven't seen him play with it. Okay, so, which is fair, I guess. But yeah, at that point, you're almost taking you're just taking somebody's word over production and you know film. But they could use a lineman, so I'm not. I don't hate it. I think that the Jags. Listen, the Jags are bad. Yes, they're just a bad football team. So at this point, you need best player available which is why, for no other rhyme or reason than best player available, Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Alabama, is still on the board here. And I think that he's he's going to be just a very productive, and I think he's got all-pro potential right off, the, right off the rip as a defensive tackle in the NFL. But defensive tackles are starting to become less and less valued in this pass-rushing league. And come on, man, a defensive tackle from Alabama? I mean, yeah, that sounds good. That's just that's money. That's free real estate. Like they're just it's gonna he's gonna be a good player. It's almost impossible for a defensive tackle from Alabama that's highly recruited and highly regarded to not be good. That's true. He's gonna be good. That's all you have to say, really. Okay. Then moving on to number twenty six, which is the Cleveland Browns. 
I need I you to apologize to everyone about the Cleveland Browns because you said the Cleveland Browns were going to finish under the Bengals this year. They almost they made did. the playoffs. Look, they almost they beat did. the Steelers. It's because it's because freaking Joe Burrow got hurt. It's okay. They gave the Chiefs a strong run for their money. It's fine. Well, the the football team gave the Bucks a strong showing for their money. So what does that mean? Nothing. Actually. <laughs> like, Nothing. Uh, this is all. This is all meaningless. Yes. None of this makes any sense. So for the Cleveland Browns, I had them taking Jalen Phillips, edge rusher. I think combined with Clowney, who they now have, it's a really good start to their revamped defense. That was I didn't. <laughs> you just stopped talking. It sounded like you were about to get into some no. real. No, <laughs> it sounded like you were about to get into some real fucking like heavy hitting shit, and then you just stopped. I'm sorry, I misread that entire situation. Well, I mean, it, I I have a little bit more on him, but he had four. He had 11 tackles for loss and six and a half sacks in his last four games he played. So, so I think edge rusher is a really high need for the Cleveland Browns, but I do think that this is while they they have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, and I understand Jadavian Clowney is only on a one year deal, but. How are you going to rotate a young edge rusher that needs reps in there when you have Miles Garrett, who's a star, and Jadavian Clowney, who, even though he had an off season, is still, if he's not a star, he's pretty damn close to being a star. So you have those two guys, and if Clowney gets re-signed, where are you going to play him? You, you, you just have no room for him, which is why I have them going with Zayvon Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa, the, the highly regarded linebacker from Tulsa. I'm always a little bit scared taking guys from colleges like Tulsa because you never know what you're going to get because they're going against inferior competition and you know you're not playing in the SEC or the the ACC or team you know divisions where there's very strong competition but Zayvon Collins is a smooth linebacker he can play 3-4 or 4-3 he can do a little bit of everything so I think that he might be he might not be the biggest need that the Browns have but I think that the drop off from him to the next linebacker is way higher than the next edge rusher because all these edge rushers are very very they're very sketchy none of them are, are guarantees man i think this guy has has a, a much higher floor than some of these edge rushers do okay all right for number 27 which is the baltimore ravens i have aziz ojalari there you go i there also go. have an edge rusher <laughs> who would have thought who would have thought so i mean good at shooting that running lanes tied for eighth in fbs with eight and a half sacks Tied for second with four forced fumbles and 10 starts. Solid. Yeah, I have Jason Owe here, like you had previously stated. Mm-hmm. Super athletic, super gifted physically. You know, kind of a, of the Jason Pierre-Paul mold. A guy that you might not get, you know, peak production from him for a couple of years until he kind of figures out how to play the game right and how to, you know, get his body right. But, I mean, he's got all the tools, so... This is the kind of guy you take it. I have no problem with you taking a chance on at number 27, a guy who might not contribute yeah. right away for you. Your team's already obviously good. So if you're, if you're, you're picking that late, yes, unless so, you traded. So, so, so you, you pick up a guy who could be the next Jason Pierre Paul, and at the worst, he's just, you know, he's, he's a, a shot in the dark. Yeah. He could be great. He could be nothing, but this is a perfect spot to take somebody like that. All right. So, number 28, which is the New Orleans Saints. I have them taking Asante Samuel Jr. Ooh, I like Asante Samuel Jr. I, I think because they had to get rid of Janoris Jenkins, they have a desperate need at cornerback. So I think Asante Samuel Jr. is a good fit for them. I like that a lot. I do. I love that pick. I don't think I don't think he's going to go here, though, because I actually have them taking Kadarius Tony or Tooney. Is it Tooney or Tony? I think it's Tony. I'm not sure. I think so. The wide receiver from Florida, because you know why? I don't know that much about Kadarius Tony. I'm not going to lie to you. 
but when I was researching him and looking him up, the one word that keep com- that kept coming up is gadget player. And you know who loves gadget players? Mm-hmm. Sean Payton fucking yeah. oh, Sean Payton loves gadget, gadget players. players. You don't think he's going to have all kinds of crazy packages where this guy's running jet sweeps and doing all kinds of crazy shit? Yeah, he's going to be doing <laughs> crazy shit with them. And they need weapons if they really think that. I mean, cornerback is an, is an equally great need. So I would not be surprised. I think I like that pick a lot, actually. But I think that having a you know a six foot, hundred ninety three guy who is a good route runner, you know, quick can do a little bit of everything and contribute in gadget plays, which Sean Payton loves. I think that's too much. I think he's gonna mm-hmm. he's just salivating looking at him. Okay. So number twenty nine is the Green Bay Packers, and I have them taking Kadarius Tony. There you go. <laughs> I think they're going to finally get Aaron Rodgers some help. They're finally going to get Aaron Rodgers some help. It'll be the first time in 18 years they drafted a wide receiver in the first round. Uh, I think it's about time. This is kind of like a win or go home kind of year. Like, I think this, this is it for the Packers right now. So I think they need to do the things they need to do right now to win a championship before the window closes. Oh, no. I just realized something. I just realized something terrible. What? I had this pick messed up. I had this pick doubled up. Oh, no. I had the same guy going twice. Oh, no. So I'm going to make an on-the-fly audible here. Oh, no. Who did you have going twice? I had Christian Barmore going twice. Oh, no. I thought this would be a great pick for the Packers, and it would be. But he's not going to go he's here. He's not going to go here. He's not going to go here. <laughs> so I'm going to take their their one of their next biggest need. And while everybody wants them to get a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, I think Asante Samuel Jr. would be a, a much improved player over guys like Kevin King, who basically cost them a trip the game, to the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, a couple times. Um, but yeah, I mean, they need a cornerback. D-line is a big need. If Barmore somehow slips here, I think the Packers would be more than happy to get him. But cornerback, even maybe like a like you said, a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But I think cornerback's the biggest need for them. And Asante Samuel Jr. is the best cornerback still on the board. So go out and get him, man. He might be a little bit of a reach, but go out and get him. Yeah, You need players. All right. Number 30. The Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. Let's see if we're going to go the same position here, Scott. Oh, I, I don't know. It's definitely not the same guy because you've already said this guy. I'm going with Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins. Okay. I like the pick. Buffalo Bills need to address that position, like the linebacker position. It's If he's still on the board, obviously, it's a great pick for them. So, I, Yeah, I like the pick. I like the pick a lot. I'm, I'm high on him. I'm super high on yeah. him. I think he'll be gone by here, but if he's there, it's one of those picks where Buffalo is going to be thrilled to have him. I got Gregory Rousseau going here. Um, I think he's the best edge rusher still available at this point. I think he's a lot safer, and I think that's why um, some other teams have passed on him to go for more like like you had previously stated, the athletic, super athletic, super low floor but high ceiling kind of guys, guys who could be great but couldn't you know shake out to be nothing. Gregory Rousseau is gonna is gonna play in the NFL no matter what, and he's gonna be solid to maybe great. He can slot in there right in day one, rush the quarterback. They got one sack and two quarterback hits against the Chiefs. And we saw what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah, defense did to them absolutely. in the Super Bowl. So they need some help on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on to number 31, the Baltimore Ravens again. Well, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. What are you talking about, Chief? It's not the Baltimore Ravens? No, it's the Chiefs. Oh, no. I. Oh, God. This is old. Yeah. This is old. That's old. The list I have is old. Oh, no. They haven't updated it. That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. We'll make an adjustment on the, on on the, the fly. fly. <laughs> how, is, how was I more prepared than you? <laughs> you weren't. But actually, you know what? You know what the best part is? 
my my trade doesn't or doesn't matter. The trade doesn't matter. It's still I, same pick. The same guy is going here no matter what, which is funny. All right, I have the Ravens taking Elijah Moore, wide receiver. They need weapons for Lamar Jackson. Elijah Moore is a really solid receiver. He hauled in seventy three percent of his contested catch like catches. For he had over eleven hundred yards last year. I think he's one of the best receivers still available, and I think the Ravens take him. I like it. I like the pick. Um, like I said, I was vastly unprepared for this pick, <laughs> but it actually works out fine because I think that the best offensive lineman still on the board to help replace um, Orlando Brown, who they just traded, is going to be Alex Leatherwood, the tackle slash guard from Alabama. Alabama offensive lineman, man. They do something right down there. You got your your defensive lineman, your offensive lineman. There are guys in the trenches at Alabama just get it done every year. That's true. And like we had previously stated with guys that can play both tackle and guard, that's such an invaluable trait. He profiles to me more as a guard in the NFL at 6'5", 312. He could use a little bit more weight probably to play guard on the interior. But, you know, he could he could easily jump out to tackle in a pinch. Somebody gets hurt. You need a spot starter. That's the kind of guy you need. So I like Leatherwood here for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Not the Chiefs. Not the Chiefs. Not it's the fine. Chiefs. It's fine, though. And then finally, wrapping up the first round, we Boo. have the Super Bowl champion, Boo. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who returned all 22 starters Boo. to their team. <laughs> so they really don't have many needs here. They returned the entire starting lineup from their Super Bowl championship team. But they didn't return Antonio Brown. They did not. So... I'm saying they go for, and I don't know how to pronounce his first name. I don't know if it's Terrace or Terrace. I have no idea. Marshall. Keep going. Keep going. Tell me more. Tell you more. Tell okay. me more. Tell me more. He had 48 receptions, 731 yards, a 15.2 average yard per catch, 10 TDs. He's a relatively big guy, six foot two. He's got great reach. He is really good for 50 50 balls. I think it's a good fit for them, considering they really don't need much anything else. That's it. I like that. I like that pick. Um, I think that they are going to take a project here, which you know, being the the Super Bowl champions and returning every single one of your yes. starters allows you to do. I like Joe Tryon, the edge rusher out of Washington. Um, you know, he's not physically. I don't think he's ready yet, and technique wise, he's probably not ready yet. But the beauty of returning guys like Jason Pierre-Paul and you know other edge rushers. Guys who can rush the quarterback, he doesn't need to play day one. Right. You let him go out there and you play. You let him get his reps and you let him learn from really solid NFL players and you let him get better. And I think that this is the kind of pick where you can just further your dynasty. Hopefully it's not a dynasty. I hope not. I God, I hope not. I can't deal with it. It's too much. I can't. It'll hurt it's too my, much. When, it'll, is, when it, is Tom Brady going to go away? Is this just a bad dream? It Am is. Am I in a nightmare? I feel like it is. Um, real quick, though. I wanted to touch on a couple guys who didn't, who in my opinion won't get drafted in the first round, but will be very good players. You already talked about Najee Harris, um, Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne, yes, ACC rushing leader all time. Yeah, pretty yeah. much any running back, like any running back. None of them are going to get drafted, I don't think. But like, there's some like really good running backs in this in this draft. Um, and and you were much heavier on the receiver than I was. But my wide receiver to uh, to watch is the small but muddy Rondale Moore out of Purdue. Have you seen his um his uh, vertical? I have not. There was there. Was, it, I'm pretty sure it was Rondale Moore. If if it's not, I really apologize because I'm being totally off base here. 
but I'm pretty sure he had like the most insane vertical jump I've ever seen in my entire life. He's not big. He's five seven. But I'm pretty sure he has like the vertical to equate him to like a six foot three guy. <laughs> like it's like unbelievable. My man's just like a fucking he's loaded with a spring in his in his legs. It's so impressive. He might be a guy who sneaks into the first round because everybody's looking for that yeah. next Tyreek Hill, man. Everybody's looking for that Tyreek Hill. So Scott, our draft is over. Our draft is over. We uh we had some similarities, we had some differences. I reached a little bit for some of my picks, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's we're fine. we're gonna see who has more right on Thursday. Somehow you you were more prepared than I was <laughs> because the list I was given from was NFL.com was wrong. But it's you know fine. what? We adapt. It's okay. We overcome. It's I okay. drafted the same guy twice. That's how much I liked the, the defensive tackle from Alabama. I drafted him twice. So nice. You drafted him twice. Absolutely. Gotcha. But. I think uh, I think regardless, I think there's a lot of it's a really deep draft this year. There's a lot of talent in it, and it's going to be interesting to see how these rookies play next year. I'm super excited, man. Me too. I'm excited for the Giants to fuck it up. It's <laughs> we'll going to be great. We'll the see. good news is, the Bengals fan, I don't think you can fuck it up. I don't up. think we can either. We're picking so high, and it's like the first real pick in the draft. So you're either going to get if Pitts somehow doesn't go forward, then you have Pitts, Sewell, or chase yeah you can't go wrong can't go wrong i mean you could go wrong where one of them ends up having a better career but i mean from at least from from the, outside from the moment in, right now you can't go you wrong. can't go wrong you need all those guys unless you somehow just completely reach for somebody else <laughs> like, they're gonna draft another quarterback oh they're gonna draft Najee harris <laughs> <laughs> well you guys lost giovanni bernard <laughs> i know oh no oh, no giovanni <laughs> bernard is gone so that means you have to reach with the number five pick to, oh god they take Travis Etienne. Oh, no. No, no. Oh, well, we'll see. You got to watch him destroy that, your Notre Dame fighting yeah, Irish. We don't talk about and that. And then now he's we coming back to destroy your Cincinnati Bengals. We don't talk about that. Look, all I know is draft night's coming up. It's exciting. I'm excited. We should live stream it. No, we're not going We're to. not going Because it's going to be like seven hours long for the first round because I hate the NFL draft. It doesn't need to have so many commercials and 10 minutes between picks. It's drama. It's not drama. It's drama. What's the drama? How long it's going to take for them to announce Trevor Lawrence to be the number one pick? There's no drama there. Do you think they actually run the clock on the Jaguars? The, they have to. You think the Jags run it down? To- oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because if, if you were the Jags and, and the Seahawks were like, we'll give you Russell Wilson and five first-round picks. You know what? You think those calls are coming? No. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there is anyone offering anything even close to what they would have to, to give You'd up. You'd have Trevor to Wilson. give up a franchise quarterback and first-round picks, in yeah. my opinion. Which is not going to happen. No. But shout out to the Jags. Maybe you won't be butt. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Scott, what do you think about this beer? Uh, Besides it being delicious. It's delicious. It's Sour Monkey. It's my favorite beer of all time. It's the best beer. It is the best beer. And as someone who enjoys sours, it's a sour. It's a sour. It's all it needs to be said. It's delicious. If you've not tried it yet and you consider yourself a fan of sours, or you consider yourself a fan of really strong beer, try it. Just go out and get it. Victory. Go out and get it. Sour Monkey. Go on, get it. Go get it. Five stars. Yeah, five stars. Five stars. Although I'm going to give it a 4.5, not five. No, five stars. <laughs> okay. I might be having recency bias because of how terrible the beer was last week. Are you Are you feeling better now? I'm are better. we Are we friends again? Yeah, we're friends. Okay. We'll kiss and make up later. Ooh. Yeah. You heard it here first. Heard it here first. Confirmed sketchy over here. Yeah, and then uh, stay tuned for the OnlyFans. No. <laughs> no one wants to see that. Not one person in the world wants to see that. You know what, Scott? Log us the hell off. Get us out of here before we start getting weird. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening once again. 
Two weeks in a row. We're back with we're it. We're back, baby. We're back, baby. Until we don't come next week. We almost didn't come this week because I lost all my notes. But it's fine. We're here. Shout out to my boss-ass co-workers at my job that sent me my notes on a whim. You're the best. There you go. We love you. Come hell or high water, we made it. We made it. And, and we we'll love be you back. too, people that are listening. Yes. We, love, we love all of you out there. And we thank you so much for the support, especially those who reached out to us and asked where we were during our absence. Because it means a lot that people actually care about this podcast. Yeah. So however few many, however few of you there are, (laughs) but it's fine. That's two more than I expected to have when we started doing this. So So, it's all about the, it's all about the community, man. We love it. Absolutely. So everyone, thank you once again for listening to us. And I am Scott Big Friction Stone, along with my co-host. Are you supposed to log me off? I want to log you. No, you're going to log yourself off. Fine. Justin Wojo, Wojo Wojohowitz. And we will see you next week. Peace.